Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, ghouls and goblins alike. This is your host, Lady Adenum. And oh, don't I have a little treat for you all. Ah, ah, do slow down. You don't want to choke to death. <laughs> Tonight, as the undead walk among us, and Dracula's descendants fill the dark skies under the moonlight above us. I will spin you three chilling tales from Japan. Perhaps tales you have yet to hear. So come hither, darlings. Grab tightly to your britches and grab a hold on your souls tonight. The ghouls are out and just want to have fun full of frights. Revenge is a dish best served cold, especially for this first true tale that took place in 17th century Edo. It's the story of Oyewa, also known as the Lantern Ghost, and it is rumored that her onryo still haunts the places she lived as well as those who perform her story. The tale begins with the strikingly beautiful Oyewa being bounded in an unhappy marriage to a dishonorable samurai named Imon, who was a useless man and rotten thief. Growing tired of the negativity manifesting between them, Oyewa left her husband and returned to her family home. Imon pursued after her, but Oyewa's father, Yotsuya Semon stopped him when they crossed paths, knowing Emon's hands were tainted with misdeeds of stealing money from his employer. Semon demanded Emon to divorce Oyewa at once, but the disgraceful samurai drew his sword and murdered Semon without hesitation. Emon then returned to Oyewa and lied with fake tears in his eyes that a stranger had killed her father in cold blood and as he begged her to reconcile he promised to avenge her father's murder Oyewa accepted his promise and sometime after that she bore him a son but Oyewa became sickly from giving birth and times were hard with little money to spare Imon's flames of resentment grew towards Oyewa. Next to their home lived a very prominent doctor named Itokie, and living with him was his beautiful granddaughter, Umi. Umi's attraction to Imon was magnetic and wanting to marry him. Her jealousy pushed her to concoct a plan with her grandfather, who loved her dearly, and complied prescribing an ointment laced with poison under the guise of curing Oyewa's sickness. But the poison horribly disfigured her beautiful face. Upon seeing Oyewa's scarred face, Imon's burning resentment turned to disgust and hatred. The crafty Kie then suggested that Imon divorce Oyewa and marry his granddaughter instead, enticing the lowly samurai with all the wealth of the Ito family. 
Imran was so repulsed by his wife's appearance and compared to Ume who was so young and attractive. He agreed without contation. With lust on his mind and greed in his heart, Iman began pawning Oyewas and his son's possessions to have enough money to marry Ume. However, he needed a legitimate reason to divorce his wife, so the wicked weasel hired his friend, Takuetsu, to force himself upon Oyewa so that he could accuse her of infidelity. But his wretched plan would fail, as Takuetsu couldn't bring himself to commit such a deplorable act due to seeing Oyewa's face. Frightened by her appearance, Takuetsu explained everything to Oyewa and held up a mirror to show her reflection. When she saw herself, she was horrified, filled with anger not knowing what the ointment did to her, trying to hide her disfigurement with her hair. Oyewa's hair began to fall out in large, bloody clumps, painting her hands red with pieces of dead skin. She let out a blood-curdling scream grabbing a nearby sword and stabbing her own throat. As her frail body laid on the floor bleeding to death, she gurgled Iman's name, cursing it until she went limp. Her body was discovered by Iman's servant, and when told of his wife's death, he was overjoyed. Iman's servant grew suspicious, but was murdered by him and was nailed along with Oyewa's body to a door and both were disposed of in a river. The dishonorable samurai would then falsely claim that his wife and servant were having an affair. He then married the unworthy Ume, but Oyewa's curse did not wait long to take effect. On his wedding night, Iman could not rest, and as he rolled over to his new bride, he was greeted with the horrible, disfigured face of Oyewa's ghost. Terrified, he grabbed his sword and slashed at the ghost, except it was not Oyewa who he had slain. It was his new bride, Ume. As the fear began to tear at his flesh, he sought help from her grandfather, but was confronted by the ghost of his murdered servant. Iman without thought slashed his sword again, only to see the bloody dead body of Gie. Stricken with fear and drenched in sweat, Iman fled into the night, trying to escape the grasp of Oyewa's Onryo, but to no avail. Wherever he went, her ghost would follow. Her disfigured face haunted his dreams, her voice would shriek into his ears, and within every reflection, she appeared, even in paper lanterns that lit Iman's way. Eventually, Iman ran into the mountains hiding in an isolated cabin, but Oyewa's ghost followed him there too. Unable to escape her haunting presence, Iman could no longer tell nightmare from reality, and consumed by guilt, descended into the hell of madness.
my, oh my, that tail plucked at your heartstrings more than it made your soul jump out of your skin. Don't you think so, my dumpling? Ooh, but that sweet, sweet revenge was worth sinking your teeth into, huh? <laughs> well, not for you monsters and cannibals out there. Sorry, darlings, but human meat is not on the menu tonight. Oh, but this second tail cuts close. Say, why did the necromancer laugh at the ritual sacrifice? He misplaces sacrificial bones with humorous ones. <laughs> no? Well, I thought it was funny. If walls could talk, you'd be surprised by the grisly stories they would tell. Especially the walls and foundation of the Maruka Castle, and many buildings in Japan during the 17th century. The practice of Itobashira, which is a cultural practice of human sacrifice, was done as a prayer to Shinto gods, bearing a person alive was said to bless the building from being destroyed by mother nature or enemy attacks. The tale of Maruka castle begins when the samurai Shibata Kasui ordered his nephew Shibata Kasutoya to build the castle at the command of the Daimya Oda Nobunaga. Due to the unusual structure, the base kept collapsing no matter how many times it was piled up. It was decided that a person should be offered and made into Itobashira in order to improve the stability of the castle. A local peasant woman with one eye was chosen, and her name was Oshisu. And before being buried alive, she humbly asked that one of her beloved sons be made samurai. And to this, Katsuyo promised her he would. After Oshiso submerged in the cold dirt, the castle would then be completed without any mishaps. However, the promise Katsuyo made to Oshiso would be broken, as he was transferred to another province. And so her beloved son would never become samurai. This in turn made her spirit resentful, and every year after, in the month of April, the spring rain would eerily cause the moat to overflow. It is said to be the tears of Oshisu's sorrow for the betrayal of a broken promise. There have been many human sacrifices to appease the gods and grant protection over buildings. Perhaps it is not the walls that could talk, but the aggrieved disembodied voices of those who were chosen to be made into Itobashira. Their spirits and bones trapped inside the walls in cold dirt, never to be unearthed again. Oh, is it me or does it feel like the walls are closing in? After that tale of human sacrifices and live burials, now I know how it must feel like to be Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs>
But unlike those resting in dirty darkness, there is one more tale to unearth. Why do dark poets always feel cold? <laughs> Cause they are surrounded by so many drabs. <laughs> oh, Poe, don't look at me like that. It's not like you have a bunch of ghost writers like Shakespeare. Let me go make more blood orange tea. They say sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. What if they can kill you? The cursed Japanese poem written in 1919 is notoriously known for causing death and misfortune upon those who read it out loud. It is called Domino's Hell, written by the famous Japanese poet Saiyo Yasu, and was a part of his 27th poetry collection called Sakin. He wrote the unsettling poem after World War I, and during that tragic time, he lost his father. The meaning of a dark poem is unknown, but there have been several interpretations. One widely believed interpretation is that Domino's Hell was a symbolic depiction of Saicho's feelings of loss, suffering from the pain of losing a loved one. But the grim poet left much to the imagination, even with such profound imagery. Domino's gender isn't specified, so different explanations had either a boy or girl. Some people thought Domino was a battered woman from an abusive family, locked down in a dirty cellar for expressing her agony in a diary. She was then starved for weeks, her frail body succumbing to bronchitis. Another tale depicts a girl who murdered her parents in cold blood. And then she was dragged to Mugen Jigoku, the lowest of hells, reliving her torment for an eternity. The dreadful tale of the boy version is said to be a portrayal of his eternal hell for an unknown crime, reliving the pain of flickering, blistering flames and sharp, bloodied needles ready to penetrate his skin over and over again. Regardless the true meaning, many have claimed the wretched poem had caused headaches, illness and death if read aloud. The famous director, Shuji Tarayama, took inspiration from the poem creating the movie Dene Inonoshisu, and it was said later that he met his demise from the curse. A college girl was said to have gone mad and committed suicide in a week after taunting the curse by reading it aloud. As for the poem itself, well, you can read it on your own, if you're brave enough. The power of words alone can indeed take your breath away. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
Unless it's a ghostly quackle between legendary poets of all time. Shakespeare, that book of insults clumped me in my precious knock and you has been. Oh, and don't get me started with you, Debbie Downer Poe. Oh, mm, let me get myself together. Ladies and gentlemen, ghouls and goblins alike. I do hope you enjoyed this special brood part of tales, as unfortunately we must part ways. Tonight I have a hot date with Dracula, and unlike zombies, I plan on living it up. <laughs> Happy Halloween, my darlings. Oh, and sleep tight. Don't let the undead bite. <laughs>